Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Thursday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Wednesday. Uh, it was a day where uh, Hosking really set the agenda for some of our other hosts, I think. Uh, EVs, Andrew Dickens wanted to talk about that. Uh, Kate Hawksby, foreign teachers coming into New Zealand. That's something that Mike Hosking talked about even after she talked about it. I don't think that really counts as him setting the agenda. I think maybe she set his. I'm sure that's usually how it works. Um, Huawei, they're not dead yet. Yep, this 5G thing, and uh, uh, weather chaos in Napier again, uh, but d- a different kind of weather chaos this time. But before any of that, uh, yes, Hosking hot on Kiwi Build and Phil Twyford, and um, that got uh, Kerry McIver ramped up as well. They're less likely to fall between the gaps as they move from rental accommodation to rental accommodation. But is Kiwi Build the answer? Eventually, even Phil Twyford was forced to concede that it's not at least not right now. We will refine and improve this program as we go until we get it right. And But this is a 10-year program. No one said it was going to be easy. If it was easy, previous governments might have done it. We're going to refine and improve until we get it right. What does that say to you? It says that they've got it wrong in the first year. Okay, maybe it will all come right in the next nine. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I'll be on the cover of Sports Illustrated at the age of 55. I don't know. Anything's possible. But it's unlikely. If you haven't got it right in the first year, if you've lost your CEO, if things, you know, the wheels are falling off, it's going to take a wee bit of correction, isn't it? But as I say, let's wait and see. But eventually, Phil Twyford was forced to concede that the Kiwi Build program right now is not how they want it. It needs to be improved. Of course it's not easy to provide affordable homes. That's why opposition parties shouldn't make promises they can't keep. Because otherwise they might find themselves in government having to deliver on the undeliverable. Yes, day after day, McIver comes out firing. Love it. Um, Now, uh, Andrew Dickens uh, has been listening to uh, the Mike Hosking Breakfast yesterday as well, and uh, especially on the the EV, what do they call it, the Low Emissions Transport Fund? I think that's what it's called. For journeys of 5 to 10 kilometres, I can tell you I am substantially quicker than a car, and I always find a parking space right outside where I want to be, and you know what? It's also fun. So you'd think, me being one of these tragics, that I would be a prime contender for the electric bicycle revolution. And yet recently, when faced with the need to get another form of transport for the family due to a household capacity issue, did I go out and buy an electric bike? I did not. Instead, I went out and bought an emission-belching two-stroke 50cc scooter, which, by the way, I'm loving. Why? Well, I've picked up this great little scooter for $2,000. And I did go and have a look at a decent electric bike, which would fit, you know, a 55-year-old hipster. Tragic. And I'd have to spend considerably more than $2,000 to get that electric bike. If I could have found a $1,000 electric bike, I wouldn't have been in like Flynn. But no, the emission-belching 50cc scooter, it can go 65 kilometres an hour. And it's retro-styled and looks really snazzy. It was only two grand and considerably cheaper than the electric bike. So a message to the renewable energy transport people, really honestly, it is not happening until the cost of the clean vehicles is no more than the dirty ones. And that is not the government's responsibility. 
This whole thing is about the people who make the things in the first place. Yeah, it's really annoying when the um, the, the alternatives, uh, i.e. S- supposedly the things that are better for you or better for the planet, they always turn out to be more expensive. The vegetarian option, the vegan option, the power-saving option, the... Um, you know, better for the the environmentally friendly option. Why is it always more expensive to do the right thing? That's my rant. Uh, let's hear uh, Kate Hawksby rant about uh, the teacher shortage. Seven thousand three hundred overseas teachers are keen to work in New Zealand which is a huge number and of that almost a thousand have already been screened and are ready for interviews which is good news given the predictions were that we were facing a shortage of around 850 teachers this year. So as far as ticking boxes goes that is a big one ticked for the government. But Will it work? Does it really offer a long-term solution? There will, of course, be the usual brigade of myopic misery merchants saying we shouldn't be employing foreigners when we don't even look after our own teachers well enough. But actually, do they have a point? I think they do. If you get beyond the parochialism of this argument, does adding a ready-made workforce of international recruits really ease our teacher shortage? Yes, it plugs gaps and fills classrooms, but there's also an argument the money spent on marketing for and recruiting for these teachers may have been better spent raising teacher pay and looking after the ones we already have or those who are so disillusioned they're leaving. Teaching is not just a numbers game, as it was reduced to last year. It's also about performance and suitability, and that's before we even get to cultural contexts. As parents, on a personal level, we've seen a myriad of teaching abilities across the various schools we've had our five kids at. We also know the huge difference a good teacher can make to a child's life from a bad one. So yes, New Zealand's plugged the teacher gaps and got bums on seats. But could it, long term, be something that actually bites us in the butt? It's hard to believe, isn't it, that there are 7,000 people around the world who think that teaching in New Zealand is an awesome thing to do. They obviously uh, never heard of that student, Glenn Hart. Uh, who uh, was at school once and the possibility that there might be students like him in their class ever again. That'd be enough to put me off. Um, now, Huawei not put off uh, with this uh, 5G rollout. they 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 desperate to be involved, so desperate they're going to pay millions to set up an agency to keep an eye on them to make sure they're not keeping an eye on us. Is that what's happening? Now, this latest offer from Huawei uh, with respect to the cybersecurity lab, what do we know about the offer in terms of how it's been rolled out in the UK? So I I don't know too much about the um, the British Huawei Cybersecurity Evaluation Centre, other than that it's um, overseen by the British government's National Cybersecurity Centre. And so the idea behind it was that to allay any sort of concerns about um, uh, the technology that's, that's made in China by Huawei, that there would be a, a centre for, for testing that, that, that technology to ensure that it doesn't come with any sort of um, in the, um, security issues. Um, and, you know, some of the reports on it suggest that it, that it did work quite well, but there, there was not a 100% guarantee that it was a, sort of a fail-safe. Mm. Based on the comments we've uh, had in the media today from the GCSB, they seem to think uh, this lab in the UK has flaws and limitations, right? Mm. Yes. What's the really stupid thing about all this is that any secrets New Zealand has that could end up being leaked anywhere, let's be honest, they're going to be stink ones. Um, 
we've got a... I think you've blown it, Napier, to be honest. We've given you another chance uh, at having cricket at your place, and this time you didn't rain on it, you sunned on it instead. Oh, by the way, what did you think of that Hulsham mozzle at McLean Park? Is that something we should be apoplectic with rage about? I feel like being apoplectic with rage. Are they not expecting this? Can't they build something? Can't they have a tarpaulin or something up? Or arrange the game differently? Or have the pitch going in a different direction? It made us appear to be slightly... I thought it made us appear to be slightly amateurish in our setting up at the cricket stadium. Surely there could be something they could do with that. Couldn't they have the pitch facing a different direction? It must have not just affected the batsmen. It must have just affected the fieldsmen also. So you think it would have evened out anyway. It seems as though it's going to be the day of the end of long runs. Because what happened, Ross Taylor was going for a record of half centuries, wasn't he? And he went out for less than that. And then, of course, the Phoenix were going for the record of wins on the trot or no losses on the trot. And looks like they're not going to win. Phew. So feel free to start the whole ball rolling tonight. People are calling it a joke on Twitter about the game being delayed for 37 minutes. It wasn't a short delay. It was 37 minutes it was delayed because it was too sunny. God, there's been so many matches we've played in terrible conditions and then with the flooding to, 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 to delay it because it was too sunny. I don't even know what to say. Sunstrike, like in the weather and the traffic report, sunstrike at Oniwa, but now it was sunstrike at McLean Park. They say it's happened recently in a Super Smash 2020. Do they not have all just given them sunglasses? Stupid suggestions. Does seem weird. That could happen. Of course, it didn't matter. Um, I guess the New Zealanders were hoping that the sun would stay out all night. That didn't happen either. It's not the South Pole. Um, it's a funny old game, really, wasn't it? I'm Glenn ZB. That has been News Talk ZB, the funny old podcast, and we'll be back with another funny old one tomorrow.